everybody, is. it's Monday, so April true, 8th, 2019, and you're listening to Size Matters, episode 20... 21. 21? 22, 21, it doesn't matter, it's fine. It's 21. Season 2, episode 2. This is 22? Okay, fine. 21? It's, it's season what? 2, episode 2. I should have okay. looked that part up. Episode 20 was last one. This is the drinking episode. It can finally drink. Oh, okay. Yes, drink and uh, go to casinos, which I guess is also part of drinking. Really? You're not allowed in casinos until you're 21? At least in Indiana. I don't know about about the rest of the country. but I think that's kind of a a general rule for most states. Indiana has casinos? Yeah, Yeah. they have the Riverboat Casinos. There's one near (laughs) Louisville. There's one near Cincinnati. There's... I love how your main question was Indiana has casinos. Well, they can't have the they can't have them on the land, but they have them like where they're permanently fixed into the the docks, like with big steel um, rods. Mm-hmm. But technically, because they're in the river, they are quote unquote riverboat casinos. Oh, those things. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Casinos one, are a snack. The one near Louisville oh. is really nasty because it's like all smoke. <laughs> it's completely smoke filled. I've heard the one near Cincinnati is okay, but I've not been up there. Oh wow! Yeah, Anywho, I, I am was... your interesting. <laughs> I am this is size matters, and I am your host, Quandri Bashir. And joining me is Benny Tiger, woo, and Kinson Shimobe. Hello. And, <laughs> all right, so we're we're actually making a habit of this now. Uh, I think we said last time that we were mm-hmm. going to do uh, once a month, and then I yep. went out and bought a, a, a new microphone and we all got all of the response from all you lovely listeners out there in in macro and micro land and yep. we decided mm-hmm. we got to do this more than once a month yeah, yes gonna, it's true we're gonna try every two weeks you, you you convinced us yes it was all the 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 enormous letter writing campaign sending in uh mm-hmm. envelopes you're, you're... full of micros to us to try to persuade us your donations are are very appreciated that comes later that comes later no Uh, um but yeah so i mean it it might not always stay this way where we will we may kind of go back to doing monthly after a little while depends on schedule but if we can do every two weeks we'll do it oh yeah so we'll eventually we'll be doing it every hour it's fine and I'm hoping uh, Benny and I sound better because, like I said, I went out and got a new microphone that I, I, I apologize for the audio quality of the last one on, on my end. And Benny actually found the microphone that apparently he bought back in 2014 <laughs> after he had been on like two episodes. And then we went on a five-year hiatus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to dig it out of a box. but And now I'm messing around with the game while I'm recording, which I should probably not be doing. But, hey, yeah. it sounds better. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah, I think, I think you're fine on my end. You're fine on Kenson's fine. Everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. Everyone's great. Everyone's large and or in charge. We are fine. So are we going to go through like reader mail at the front of this or the end of this? Or what's the order here? It's always been at the end after the What's the the lesson? What's the takeaway? Ah, okay. So we'll find out how to pronounce GIF or JIF at the end of the episode. Please, no, not again. (laughs) Not again. I don't think there's ever going to be a consensus on that. No, 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 no. So... uh, so this episode is dedicated towards the topic of Benny. Uh, we're talking again about macro and micro and films, uh, and possibly as well television. Uh, but mm-hmm. we're avoiding subjects we've covered before, which has been Godzilla and yep. uh, Pacific Rim, basically. Though we did a cartoon episode where we touched on a few, so we're trying to yep. touch on new new media that we haven't talked about. Fresh mega media for you and your listening pleasure. Exactly, so, and maybe not ones that are doesn't necessarily have to be like new in a sense that like it just came out in the past year, but you know because all the ones I can think of are a lot older than that, um, yeah. except for one. But uh, it, it's ones that just we haven't really discussed much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I can get things kicked off by probably the the macro that has that would be number two as far as appearances in media to mm-hmm. to our Mr. Good uh, Godzilla person. And that would be King Kong. Yeah. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely a good classic macro film. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's been at least th- four films, I think. I can think of three. I know there was the original one in the 30s, uh, yep. the the one in the 70s, where he... The only the thing is, I've never actually seen all of any of these films all the way through. Oh, God, I think there was a, <laughs> yeah. there was a sequel to the one in the 70s, too. Yeah. And it, yeah. it just got worse and worse. So, so I've I, never... 
I've never actually watched the old King Kongs. Um, well, I, I've, I've seen a little bit of them. I've not watched them all the way through, like, similar to Quan. Oh, my God, because there's an entire, like, yeah. island of giant creatures I know. in the original one. And I want to sit down and, like, MS, uh, MS3TK them or whatever it is, like, <laughs> sometime. Well, you can't really MST3K. Like, MST3K. Those movies are, are legitimately good movies. Well, not, not, not like, you know, poking them apart and making fun of them, but just, you know, getting together and watching Stompy Flicks. You know, I don't know what you would call that, but... So, so, you know, at one point I was digging back through, there, there's a, like a whole bunch of silent cinema stuff. So if you go look oh, at boy. a classic film, you think like The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. There's like four or five. Well, that's like five, 30 or 40 years into cinema. Yeah, but there's yeah. like four or five films in front of that that they're stealing a lot from. There's like a 1915 Wizard of Oz where right. they get all the character designs from hmm. and a lot of the scenery. And it's like, oh, okay. So at one point I'm like, okay, what was the first macro and film yes. that I can find. That's right? a good question. And literally in front of King Kong, you can't find much of anything. Really? Because King Kong was a mashup of two ideas. Yep. It was, they had this idea of what would have been called, and God help me for this term, a jungle flick. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was a film where we've been shipped to far off Africa and things are weird. Kind of and like Tarzan. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the older you go back, the more horrible and racist and trite they are, of things course. Things got weird. But there was no, like, giant creatures film. And so that was kind of a... It's a there, shame, there are a couple There are a couple of things that are kind of like body horror or things like yeah. Gollum, where there's a, a giant esh <laughs> creature... Or, or what is the one where it's uh, is Gollum the one where it's the clay statue? Yeah, the like old, the the, yeah. the Jewish tradition. Yeah, the old Jewish heritage yeah, uh, yeah. folktale. Uh, yeah, that one. But it's King Kong just kind of starts it all off, hmm. and it's really interesting because I can't find anything now. There's a couple of micro things. Yeah, where they did camera tricks to shrink well, people and make them into fairies, but it's like so. That's when the did first um macro. when did Gulliver's Travels become a thing, like officially? Well, that was a well, book that well, yeah, dates but back like, to like, like the 1800s. But, but like in film. Yeah, you're going to get that. You're going to get Food of the Gods. And I even think, man, someone can correct me on this, uh, Kepler's Somnambulist or Somnambulism, which is like the first sci-fi story written. Of course, there's a million books that buy for that. Yep. He has a dream about what it's like to go to the planets uh, to describe a circular solar system. You're talking way mm-hmm. early in Latin. But yeah. I think there's a giant race on one of them. There you go. And, and, and to answer your question, Kenton, it looks like the first Gulliver's Travels film was 1939. Okay. Which is pretty early, but uh, earlier than I thought it would be. But uh, uh, When's the first King Kong film? King Kong was 33. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. King Kong is the, uh, <laughs> he's the grandfather of well, and, and, macro films. And a lot of it, you know, you're talking about there's not a lot of stuff being there before King Kong. It's Part of that's because of King Kong being so groundbreaking as terms of special oh, yeah. effects i mean that's true. before you know in the early days of cinema special effects a lot of it was either uh, i mean i guess in the from the earth to the moon there's a lot of the matte paintings where yep. um i guess malaise or have you pronounced the director's name mm-hmm. um was able to uh kind of layer things on to make it look like the the moon the, the rocket ship was going to the moon which was mm-hmm. groundbreaking at the time considering it was like 19 whatever but you know after that um the the any kind of special effects had to be done by making big scenery you know yep. things like uh um oh what's the dw griffith movie uh <laughs> the one that's really racist. Break everything Birth while you're thinking. Oh, Birth, Birth of a Nation. Nation. Yeah. Birth of a Nation, um, the Birth horrible racist film that's important in cinema. Oh, or gosh. Intolerance, um, you know, his follow-up to that, where, where they have those huge uh, statues, which are real. They made real statues that were, you know, 40 feet tall. Um, and those are still are in Hollywood, I think, in, in like, it was a mall or whatever yeah. that uses them as a, as a decoration. So, go ahead. But, but there wasn't really an opportunity to make... Uh, real convincing macros until King Kong kind of really started to innovate with stop yeah. motion animation. True. Oh yeah. And like And he and that started off hard. Like the the scene where you get the camera shot from inside the train as the characters moving it around. That's you know, to start out at that level is amazing. Mm-hmm. So was that a was that guy in a monkey suit or is that what was the um what was the original medium for King um, Kong? I think they they may have used a little bit of that, but the majority of it was 
um, you know, having actual puppets that are in models that okay. they would move, you know, a little bit at a time, shoot a frame, move a little bit uh, at a time, shoot a frame. You know, that, right, uh, right. that's where stop motion animation really kind of mm -hmm. took off. Um, there may have been some stop motion animation before then, but that's the first instance right. that I can really think of of being uh, of stop motion animation. Well, in film. so so if there was uh, elements of a guy in a gorilla suit back in the 1933 uh, King Kong, then we can officially say that the first macro furry <laughs> was also oh. King Kong because he's got himself a suit. And back in the 30s, no less. So hey, because like there's like. Uh, fursuits that people have um, seen people have and make, I guess, from, like, the late 1800s. Like, there was this guy who had, like, a German shepherd kind of thing that he made a suit out oh, of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really there's interesting. A, there's an entire, what do they call that? It's a type of a pantomime theater. There's a British yeah. tradition where having people as the animal characters and having the animal characters intelligent. Yep. Uh, Dick, Whitting is, Dick Whittington's cat is one of those stories that, you'll hear reference to and stuff. But yeah, you yep. get these guys from turn of the century and some of the costumes look seriously nice. Yeah, and my only thing is why did it take until the 30s for people to take that idea and then slap it into macro? It's like, come on, man. Could have happened earlier because the suits were really wet, were really great back in the 1800s, but whatever. Well, 33. I think a lot of it is just the fact that in up until the 30s and even, in, even up past the 30s, films were still having to develop technology just to make the film work. True. I mean, you didn't have talking films until the, the, the mid-20s. Um, yeah. and, and before that, I mean, you had some really good, you know, silent feature films, but it, it wasn't really to the point to where they were, I guess, able to devote the resources to, uh, to being grander as far as, like, depicting creatures of larger scale and that kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, hey. I was thinking, I wanted to double check. I was thinking it was Ray Harryhausen that did uh, uh, King Kong, and it's not. It's it's the guy he was inspired by, apparently, uh, Willis O'Brien. I'm looking this up. Mm -hmm. But I'd forgotten about uh, The Lost World, which is another black oh, yeah. and white That's apparent. It's dinosaurs. That's mm -hmm. apparently in front no, that's, of that's, uh, King Kong. That was 97. That was a sequel to Jurassic Park. No. Uh, no, I'm talking about a 1925 I'm, I'm, film. I'm kidding. I'm We're over Yeah, alone. Lost World, Jurassic Park. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so unpopular well, opinion. Wait, that, that, I actually love that, that movie. A lot of people okay. don't, but I love it. What do you love about the movie? So okay, what? the fact that the team. Wait, are we talking about Jurassic Park? Real yeah, we're talking. We've moved to Jurassic Park, which is questionably cinema. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Jurassic Park: A Lost World, uh, and yes, obviously, I am macro stomp trash because when the T Rex was set loose on the streets of Los Angeles, that's all I needed. Like, the rest of the movie, I don't really care about. Just the fact that the ah. T-Rex was stomping around Los L.A., I'm just like, perfect. Absolutely perfect. I think it was L.A., right? Is is that the best stompy media you know of? Or no. Or something better? The best non-Godzilla stompy media, maybe? <laughs> well, no. Ah, okay. No, actually. I don't think it is still, but I I do love it. Like, Well, but let's go back. Since we're talking, we were talking about the older ones, let's actually talk about the Lost World that... That Benny meant to talk about, not the the one that I was making a joke about. Yeah. Well, what I I don't remember a lot of it because I probably saw it some Sunday afternoon when I was a kid. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you guys remember anything about it? I don't know anything about it. it. I never even heard about it. Well, the good news is if we ever do a video podcast, it's completely in public domain now, and we could actually MST3K <laughs> it without a fee. Yeah, oh, cool. a lot of those uh, movies from that era would be in public domain. Anything before, like the, the oh, we got to do it now. Thirties, forties, like 1929, I think is, is this the line. This is here. Oh, we got to do yeah, it. No, that really is, early. Yeah, so nineteen twenty nine is the copyright line now. Maybe um maybe sometime we should have a panel at a con where we yeah we could do the podcast, but we should also have an uh, MST3K panel where we just invite people to come in and watch old Stompy flicks with us. That'd be cool. Ooh, that'd be really cool. And getting back to King Kong, I know that we talked about the uh, the thirty three one a little bit, um, but there was also the the sequel that Universal made in seventy five. Yeah. And the only yep. thing that that's rem memorable to me memorable to me on is the fact that it uh, instead of him climbing the Empire State Building at the end, he climbs the World Trade Center since right. the World Trade Center had just opened. Mm -hmm. And there was a joke, I guess, on I think it was Saturday Night Live. It might have been Mad TV uh, that. Uh, after September 11th, they were making edits of uh, oh, hasty gosh. edits of any films that had the World Trade Center. Oh gosh! Um, and and oh, the yeah. joke was like, "He's come, he's climbing to the top of the world, Chrysler Building." <laughs> like they just really kind of quickly changed. <laughs> Chrysler Building. 
yeah. Oh, um, to try to just digitally erase uh, and and any trace of that. Um, and then the thing that King Kong, I think that version of King Kong led to uh, also some of a really cool example uh, from the movies to sort of real life uh, in the Universal Studios uh, version of the King Kong experience where you had this like 30 foot tall uh, animatronic uh, both mm -hmm. in, in Hollywood and in, uh, in Orlando uh, that... Right. You know, kind of. I think I think Orlando. He actually reaches out, you know, he reached out to the train or to the tram that you were in, and kind of shook the tram. I don't know if they did that in uh, in the Hollywood version. It's it's been. I, both versions are gone now, um, but it, it had been a while since I've seen it. And that was uh, just a really the closest I can think of maybe to coming that close to a real like a, to a what would seem like a macro in, in real life. Mm -hmm. Oh wow. I like that. Well, let's see. Actually, uh, macro and real life stuff. Um, I just realized something. There may be films that are older. Um, yeah. Because Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I was thinking that, actually. Cause... Alice in Wonderland does growth and shrink in it, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, that, but... that was actually oh. a question that I was going to ask. Um, what about growth in movies? Because you see uh... giant monster or giant movies, etc. But how many movies or how many uh, shows have you seen that have... Uh, really good growth scenes or shrink scenes in them, and Alice in Wonderland honestly is one of them, and like a from well, yeah. an early era. And I mean, there's the Disney version, obviously, that everyone's familiar. Well, that most people are familiar with. Um, mm -hmm. But I think you were trying to get many that there were some silent versions. Or, yeah, or I remember. I remember versions. looking that up at one point. The earliest grower shrink scene I could find was uh, it was Alice in Wonderland, and it was 1903. Ooh, yeah, yeah, there we go. I mean, it's Man. like, hey, you know. Way early, a hundred and what fifteen years of growth and shrink scenes in cinema now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, like one of my one of my favorite ones that showed up in cinema that was completely unexpected is, um, and it's boy talk about weird. Uh, it's Plant is uh, Little Shop of Horrors, the film. Yes, uh, I remember being struck by just how neat that effect was, and that came out back when CGI was really crappy. Uh, it's just like, wow, this is super seamless. How did they do this? What computers did they use? No, that is totally it's, it's a perspective pan. Yeah. yeah, the plant is way off in the distance on a track. They shot it on a tight angle, and they just drug the plant forward so it looked like it was getting bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the thing that I, 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 I love Little Shop of Horrors. Um, the film is really almost super disappointing to me um, <laughs> because they oh, the so way different. they the way they changed the ending. Um, and they shot the original ending. You can find it if you search for it on YouTube of the plants uh, actually oh, yeah. taking over shot. Manhattan and, and having these giant plants. Um, and that's one of the best songs in the show, uh, in the original Broadway show. Don't don't feed the plants. The finale. Um, oh yeah, it's all stop motion plants destroying Manhattan. It's yeah. great. Yep. And they spent like two three million dollars on it, and apparently did like test screenings, and the audience hated it. Oh, uh, and the the logic that um, uh, Frank, uh, who is the director, the Frank Oz, Frank um, Oz, yeah, um, he kind of said, well, in a Broadway show, you can you see the curtain call and you see the actors and actresses coming out, and you know that they're even if they die in the end of the show, they're the people are all right. You don't see that in a movie. In the movie, if the last scene is the taking over Manhattan, uh, the plants taking over Manhattan, that can be a real bummer, which. I get like from a well from in a, his original cut of it he had both of them die visibly right. on the screen. Oh, and that's and, that's the way the the in the original Broadway show you know they they end yeah and they and then they, during the the last song their their heads in uh, the plant uh, in in Audrey too um, they're they they're part of the plant I guess uh, which is you know it's funny and I think it works a lot it would work a lot better in Broadway and I kind of wish they would have stuck to their guns. For the movie, yeah. but I can understand why that you know they they'd be afraid of after having that kind of reception from from test audiences. Well, and you also got to hand it to him, Rick Moranis, and I'm sorry I don't I don't know the girl's name off the top of my head. They acted the heck out of that part. You felt empathy for him. You didn't mm -hmm. feel contempt like you sometimes do in the stage production. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Rick Moranis was a good. I mean, he's he's and we're gonna talk about him a little later with other movies, but. Um, He's Rick Moranis a, did a sized based film. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but he's uh, a good actor and he's very funny and he kind of fits the character, but 
he doesn't sing very well. Oh. He's okay. Uh, yeah. He's he's serviceable in the singing role, but you know, for a musical having casting towards the acting part and the comedy part instead of casting towards the singing part, I think is maybe a questionable move. Yeah. Uh, Broadway folks are fun that way if they want to have a real singer voices. Have you ever listened or watched the uh, off topic, but have you ever watched the Bernstein West Side Story where all of the actors or the singers are actually dancers and they're just amateur singers? Oh my gosh. No, I'm not. Oh God, it's so out of tune. Oh I mean, it's, it works, but if you play that in a room full of professional singers, you will watch people twitch. Uh-huh. It's great. I know that was a big complaint about the movie oh, version boy. of Lim is that, that came out a few years ago. Was oh, that... the one where they did all the dramatic close-ups on people who aren't on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, that is, you're right. That is off topic a little bit. Just a so, little bit. Um, so another movie that I thought of uh, when it comes to having a really good growth scene uh, is actually... Monsters versus Aliens. If oh, anyone yeah. has seen the movie, Ginormica um, is a person, a woman, who at her wedding, I believe she got shot with a uh, a needle or a, dot, a dart or something. Can't remember the, the plot, really. Um, it's been a while. But, uh, I see what sticks with you, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then she starts to grow in the chapel. And ends up having While to get outside. While trying to apologize to all our guests, yes, for the essentially. Going weird. So when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to sort of the quintessential um, macro growth scene, especially from what we enjoy here in the fandom, growing inside of a building, Monsters vs. Aliens did it like. Perfectly. Wait, wait. So Kenson, you're talking yeah. about human growth? Yeah, it's human growth. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. I know that's that's the only part, but it's okay. Yeah, I mean, human growth is great. It's fine. I think you got a point there. I don't know many other grow out of building scenes yeah. uh, in cinema, or I guess you get them in television. Really needs to be more. Really needs to be like more. I feel like I've seen some in film, but I can't. Well, I, I can I think mean, I of can... um, I can think of a couple like shows. I think Teen I can Titans think of cartoons, or, yeah. or you know, Justice Tom and Jerry League or yeah. Garfield well, yeah. or stuff like that. Yeah, stuff yeah. that we've kind of talked about before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when it comes uh, to films, I don't, I can't really think of any. But since Kenson willingly brought up the subject of giant humans, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, no! <laughs> there's uh, boy, you you got to have a taste for it already. Uh, Boccaccio seventy. Uh, is a, a 1970 film. It's an Italian film, huh. uh, and it's it's in multiple segments. But one of the segments is a guy who does not like that there is a billboard ad with a sexy girl on it. Oh boy! And the the billboard ad is for milk, and it's next to a children's playground. So the guy thinks it's totally inappropriate. But it being Italian cinema, he gets completely like focused in on this and obsessive about it, and then you sort of get him lose his mind as the giant girl is out of the billboard and wanders around town uh and it's uh you'll see clips of that occasionally because it's anita Eckbert. she was a, a classic pinup mm-hmm. so you know you've seen it if you haven't seen it she was also in la dolce vita uh mm-hmm. which which is another classic italian cinema la dolce vita. how about, how about you guys you got any other human giant film well not giant but well i do have one but we i can also talk thought about it a little later one. again but uh but- Bringing about that up made me think about the Incredible Shrinking Man. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, we didn't cover. We've not covered any shrinking films. No, Honey, I Shrunk I, the Kids. Well, that's the other one I was going to talk, talk about. But let's yeah. focus on one at a time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, because Incredible Shrinking Man is actually a, a pretty classic uh, in the terms of special effects and kind of, of of establishing the the sense of scale with the kind of the normal household objects. Um, oh yeah. You know, I, I think when you think of like King Kong and stuff, you're not really, you know, it, it's a different perspective. You're kind of cities and in some ways cities can almost be easier to, to do because you don't have to worry about a lot of detail. But um, I think and I think one of the things a lot of people like about shrinking just in general is mm-hmm. being able to examine normal things in much, much higher detail because of how oh, the perspective is. Yep. And that's something that The Incredible Shrinking Man, I think, really is able to uh, to accomplish. Uh, when did that movie come out? 57. 57? Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah and it's been remade a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, um, since we're, we're on the topic of shrinking now, um, I really, really love um, the effects of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Because especially the oatmeal cream pie scene. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the way that they did that too. Because um, t- 
the journey to get back inside from the yard was basically the most of the movie. It's insane because when you shrink sure. down to those those proportions, I mean they were probably like, I mean they were less like less than a centimeter tall. It was tiny, so they went from the yard. They were they were small enough to be able to ride an ant like yeah all four of them on the ant. Yeah, so they went from being in the yard and all that stuff to getting back into the house and stuff. And you just think about the scale of things and the way that they did it was was really well well done. So. They also took rides in bubbles. And, and I think one of the things <laughs> that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids um, does really well from the start, or almost the start of the movie, uh, mm-hmm. is the uh, just the the sense of helplessness, I guess, yes. from, from being a micro. And that's something that, that right. they're able to... It's kind of heartwarming. I think it's kind of the point of the movie that they're able to overcome that sense of helplessness and actually accomplish their mm-hmm. uh, their goal in the end of, of making it back to the house, yep. getting noticed by by you know by Wayne Solinsky and and, mm-hmm. and the mom. Um, but it, but that's just Hollywood. Like, because if it was real, I mean, those poor poor micros. Well, <laughs> the they probably the ants probably wouldn't be as friendly as yeah as. Uh, uh, as it was, it's anti was. It, it's a really, you know what, guys, listeners, cuddle your micro friends. Micro friends, be embraced. We love you. You guys have have things, uh, kind of, always happening all the time that we we don't really think about. Because <laughs> hey, did either of you ever go to uh, to Walt Disney World to the back what used to be the Disney MGM Studios and do the uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids playground? I okay so i went in 2013 and i was so excited to go through that and it was down that day and i think it was, they ah! started i think they may have started closing it at about around that point because i was so sad yeah because i wanted they, to go through it so bad <laughs> it's now all bulldozed to make way for star wars land but it did a really yeah. decent job of kind of capturing that sense of of being in the film the only problem was it was always kind of crowded with a bunch of little kids, which I guess is yeah. the point of a playground, True. but it didn't it didn't give the sense necessarily of of wonder because of that that you would get that you would have gotten from being in like in the movie. Yeah, wasn't True. wasn't there a Deep Space Nine or or something episode where a bunch of folks ended up shrank? Oh, there has to be Star Trek Deep Star- Space Nine. Yeah, Star Trek did a lot yeah. of, a lot of different uh, tropes and well, I, stuff. I know there's a lot of Twilight Zone old classic stuff, but I I thought. Star Trek did one, didn't they? I'm gonna uh, hang on. Let's consult uh, our sources here. Uh, I'll Google quicker than you will. No. Well, while you're looking that up, I mean, we can still talk about in the Honey I Shrunk uh, franchise. Oh, yeah. there's, Dude, I saw there's... the first one in the in the theater. What? Well, nothing. I'm old. <laughs> there's the Honey. Uh, I blew up the kid, which. That was what yes. I remember seeing in the theater too. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I saw Honey I Shrunk the Kid. I think I was a little young for that, but um, Honey, Honey I Blew Up the Kid, which is maybe a little bit more towards the three of our uh, uh, you know appeal as far as growth, except the fact that it's with <laughs> like a three-year-old toddler. Um, <laughs> so to answer your question, Benny, I believe the episode uh, One Little Ship is oh. the one you're thinking of. Uh, okay. So uh, I couldn't give you an episode title out of Star Trek to save my life. I yeah. just remember the acting. Well, it's like a uh, O'Brien, Dax, uh, Bashir, and their runabout are reduced in size while investigating an anomaly. Um, so I guess they're like, I, I've not seen the episode. I think I need to now. I've not but seen the episode. Either. An anomaly, huh? Apparently, wow, it does that was exist. A deep plot meeting. So <laughs> let's just. Uh, hey guys, let's this. go with an anomaly and everyone shrunk. All right, let's go with it. Boom. Over. I mean, yeah, I kind of stopped. <laughs> we don't. We don't uh, even need a reason to shrink people. But hey. It's fun. Space magic. Space magic. I need to go back and finish watching Deep Space Nine. I kind of stopped at some point, like mid fourth season, and it looks like this is a sixth season episode. So huh? yeah, how you're, have you, I never heard of this over here? This says there's a TV show in the late '60s, early '70s. It was all shrunk people called the Land of Giants. It was yeah, like two seasons. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of that I've too. Never, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? I've never seen it. I think oh, it was an, with... was it animated? I think. Or I'm thinking no, about the screenshot one. they has is, is is like live action. It looks like Land of the Lost. Oh, guys. Effects, that's, you know? I'm thinking of Land of the Lost, not Land of Giants. Guys, the borrowers. Oh yeah. Ah, the borrowers. I love that movie. Like it's an entire family of tiny people living in a house with normal sized people. So I love that movie. It's been so long since I've seen that. 
but like the it, the interaction between uh, the borrowers and the family that lives there. Um, I think I can't remember. I think it's like the little girl who sees them first or something. But yeah, it's a super sweet movie. Do you remember um, the Indian in the cupboard? Yes. Oh my gosh. I remember the book a lot more than the film. I I, I mm-hmm. don't remember the film hardly at all. I guess the books because I there was at least four or five of them. Also, um, when it comes to a movie that does the um, shrinking alongside of what pretty much all of us want on macro or micro side, seeing micros uh, dodging giant stomping paws, feet, etc. Ant Bully. Ant Bully did a really good job with um, having the main protagonist obviously shrink down. And there's one scene where they go back in the house um, and... The, the brother and all of these ants end up having to dodge his big sister's feet as she's stomping into the room, etc. It's interesting. And it's really well done. So Ant Bully is a really good movie, too. Wasn't that also kind of a, a part of the movie uh, Ants, um, the Woody Allen movie? I, it's been forever since I've seen that one, so I don't really remember too well. But I'm I thought I remember sure. them being some sort of... Um, human giant thing that they were trying to they having mm-hmm. to, to move and dodge but i'm not sure i'm not 100 percent sure yeah so what I about don't remember off the top of my head uh what about movies where um there's growing or shrinking and it's not human i've been trying to think up some I'm not I mean, sure if I can. You mean aside from like all the 1950s giant ants, giant bunnies, yeah. giant Gila yeah. monster, giant, giant amoeba? This. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, that, that's the blob. <laughs> the blob is giant, oh, giant amoeba. Yeah, giant amoeba. Yeah, blob. And, and there's um, food of the gods, which I, I think you mentioned a little bit um, mm-hmm. yeah. before. Which uh, uh, Benny, which uh, there was two movies of that one that both of them were pretty bad. I think one was called Gnaw, Food of the Gods Two. And the idea is of that is there is a little bit of human growth in that, but it's mostly uh, uh, giant rats. Oh, uh, yes. And then there was that really horrible scene in one of the nutty professors with the giant hamster. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot mm. about that. How big did that hamster end up getting? Uh, car-sized. Okay, that's still pretty yeah. big. And then you get into the weird little clips, like what was the what was that bad film that had the rapping kangaroo? Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, something Kangaroo Jack. Jack, Kangaroo Jack. Yeah, yeah. that. There's oh a quick gosh. animated scene in that. I remember that. Yeah, where he gets really big in the boxing ring. It's well, heck, big. if you want to go with the animals, there's um, there's a I forget which Japanese animation studio did it for the Western audience. It's the retelling of Red Riding Hood. Oh, okay. Uh, and Big Bad Wolf is the wolf in that. And when he BBW. wants to be big, he's big. There's there's uh, there's there actually building uh, outgrowth there. Nice. Uh, okay. But oh god, it's 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 cheap seventies TV animation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, um, like what? What about just, tigers or yeah, any kind of big cats? Yeah. Oh. I'm trying gosh. to think of stuff, and I don't know why I can't think of anything because I don't think there's, there's really much. A... Um, I would expect one of you to be able to come up with at least oh. one example. Be horrible with me here. I'm going to pronounce it wrong. There's a Yu Yu Hakuzo episode where one of the enemies is a. Oh yeah. I I got one of the enemies is a giant tiger that absorbs power. Yes. uh, Yes. For every blow. But that's and gets bigger. And then there's um. Hey, it's an anthropomorphic tiger that grows. What what are you looking for? But isn't that isn't that that's a car that would be in the cartoon realm, right? Oh, film wise, giant tigers in film. That's gonna be hard. I mean, any, okay. other, any other cast doesn't have to be tigers. Hmm. So giant lions, giant tiger. I mean, there's a lot of oh god, jungle predator films I've never seen. Yeah, there's a lot of bad cinema out there, man. <laughs> gosh. Um. Hmm. Wait, wait. Jumanji had big cats. How big were the cats in Jumanji? Because again, it's been no, so long since. I mean, I've seen they were one. they were normal size. It's just uh, is the jungle that was brought into the city because yeah. of, the, of the board game. So, Robin Williams said that that was the most surreal film he'd ever been on. It was like, a pretty weird film <laughs> because yeah. he said recording it. Uh, he says it's all the animals are CGI. Yeah. Right. So he says you're acting, and you know. You're sitting there and you're like you're doing your scene and then a you know a teamster walks in with a sign that says tiger and you have to react like oh my god a tiger's here and run away 
you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like what had... doomed the Star Wars prequels of having so much CGI, CGI the actors yep. just had nothing to react to. Is that why everything was stiff as a board? Well, there was a things? lot of problems with the Star Wars prequels, but but they, that they is a big the one. Thing of, of infinite green screen to make um, yeah. Sweeney Todd the film adaptation, and everything came off real stiff there, too. I don't like sand. It's rough, of course, and gets everywhere. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, wow, you quoted that. I did. I sure. That's did. the most recognizable quote from the prequels. I sure did. Gosh, kill me now. Oh man. Um. So yeah, when it comes to films, I don't think there's really any, uh, at least that I know of, that that feature um, growing big cats, giant big cats, etc. It's usually like cartoons or anime or something like that, because. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. There needs to be more. I think I'm about to go to Hollywood. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stomp over to Hollywood, and I'm going to set this straight, okay? You with me, Benny? I'm totally with you. Cool. We need yeah, more. I think the bi- the biggest big cats you're going to run into are going to be like, you know, horror films or thrown back in time yep. films, I'm going to bet. Or like going to the prehistoric times, that kind of thing with Sabretooth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the Pleistocene epoch where it's always Sabretooth Tigers when they really should go after the North American line, which is even bigger, but... At the end of uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, the 3D movie that used to be at Disneyland at Epcot, they had, uh, mm-hmm. uh, after the audience had grown back to, to normal size, um, apparently the dog, the family dog's, or Speck, or whatever his name is, um, had run in uh, while the audience was getting shot with Growth Ray. And so at the end, he kind of comes in and, and is, is like, you know, three or four stories tall and sneezes on the audience. Okay. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Jeez. There, so, there was uh, if you want giant cat effectively, the uh, um, the the Shrinking Man, the Amazing Shrinking Man movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You have that whole scene where he's in the dollhouse and the cat's trying to get him to eat him. That's yeah, what. That's kind of what I was trying. I was thinking of when I was that what brought on the idea of uh, if there's any kind of growing like big cat episodes or, or not episodes, but ideas or mm-hmm. instances, I guess. So, um, other than a big cat or, or felines, etc., um, a species that is arguably uh, feline-like, um, dragons, it depends on your take, but a lot of people think dragons share um, behavior or mannerisms with felines. I'm the, very uh, offended. Me too. No, it's it's, it's true. Cat. It's true, actually. So, the uh, Coronoptics... Just keep from, digging yourself deeper here, Kinson. Well, <laughs> my paw craters can get, only get so deep. The Coronoptics uh, from Fantastic Beasts is a creature that centers around filling whatever space it's in. So it's a little... It will not little. It can be whatever size. But it's a dragon. Really? Yeah. It's a dragon that if you put it in a tea kettle, it's the size of the tea kettle or the inside. If you put it inside of a big room, it fills the entire big room. So it's a really cool creature um, called Coronoptics, and it's from Fantastic Beasts. It's outside the universe reboots. Essentially. Fantastic Beasts 1, is that the movie, or are you referring to a book? This is the movie. The Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, uh, the Uh, first movie. I haven't haven't seen that movie. I guess yet. Yeah, I I remember someone telling me about there being some macro content in there, but then Mm -hmm. they said dragons, and I kind of, my eyes just glazed over. You don't like dragons? Oh my gosh. Now you're digging yourself a grave. Dragons are fine. <laughs> I, I love dragons. dragons. And we have uh, dragons I, who are listening. Oh my well, god. Which dragon are you talking about? Are you talking about noodle dragons? Are you talking about the dwagons? Or are you <laughs> talking about dragons? Wait, what, what is dwagons? Dwagons and thragons? There is an entire genre of like folks oh who are like cute, cuddly dragons. Oh, dwagons. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and there's a and then there's the folks who are very much the Chinese style the noodle dragons. No, noodle yeah. dragons. yeah, noodle boys. You know, because they're they're long. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the people that will get in deep associative arguments on whether or not they're a dragon or a wyvern. Oh my gosh, you know, yeah, that's true. You know, but there are the people that are like the the, the the world is power, everything smog was weak dragons. I am fire. Yeah. Eh. So that's it's like, nice, pat pat, move on. I, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like... If, if, if your personality is that one-dimensional, mm, mm-hmm. it's hard to work around, you know? Well, like... Well, it's, I mean, that's, that is kind of a stereotype dragons is that they're all about boarding and yeah. um, self-defense. Oh, totally. And so, that doesn't necessarily apply to... 
all dragons out there. Um, so yeah, and, so and I can see how people say that's a big cat trait. You know, Benny collects right. uh, training cars, so <laughs> you know that's that's a thing. But uh, oh, I forgot to say, if you have any hate mail to send me about my opinion on dragons, address it to Ken Shimobi yes. at SizeMattersPodcast dot com i guess <laughs> not a real email address actually yeah <laughs> so bounce back um so like the whole trope about dragons um being the whole hoarders and evil and that's very much a thing um as a dungeon master i have wanted to set the record straight essentially because in D there's the chromatic dragons who are all the hoarders wait and a stuff. second and then i think you're, you're you're starting to talk about topics that we are going to well, just lightly. I'm just just okay. gonna say this. Danger, Shame. danger approaching the rabbit hole of tabletop gaming. Danger. <laughs> Shameless plug. Podcast may fall. <laughs> like, so then there's the, the the metallic dragons, which are the good natured. Um, but in my campaign, I actually make dragons more, you know, civil. I don't want them to just be all about, you know, hoarding and things. And we'll hear. Now, they can about be whatever you next, want them to be. Next episode. Now, to back away from the abyss and to get back to dragons, uh, I will give credit. Uh, Dragonheart really turned that trope on its head really nicely. And that is another big, nice movie. Big, gentle dragons are amazing. I love them. What would you consider the creature in uh, the never-ending story? Is that a dragon? Yeah, mostly. He's too fluffy. But I've seen fluffy dragons. Fluffy dragons, yeah. You know, he is dragon-like. He's also kind of a dog. So, so you can have, I mean, dragons I, I, are kind of the I canvas. I consider him more doggo than dragon. I, I guess, I guess that's just because of appearance. Yeah. Yeah, I know. No, but the dude. But it's like, what is the half shark, half furry things wandering around again? Circles? Circles. Yeah. You know, the cheese it's like, wedges. which are they? The wedgies. The cheese wedges. The, the wedgies. The bitey cheese wedges. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's like, which are they? I don't know. The first, like, half year I saw people typing circle, I thought they were misspelling serval. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean that that's a that's a, a fan created species, so you know. Is it? I thought it. I thought it came it's, out of something. It's uh, based off of the. It's not a fan created species. It's based off it of a novel uh, or oh. novel series that somebody okay. wrote. They're basically okay. a, a furry equivalent of a shark. That is, you know, sharp predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never thought shark when I think it's circle. a land shark. It's a fluffy land shark. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like, okay. so dragons uh, can be kind of a lot of different things, you know? They're kind of like a, a, blank, a blank canvas, because you've got everything from the never-ending story to the, the typical um, western, eastern dragons, and then other stuff in between. So it really See, just depends. That, that may be my, I don't want to say problem, but maybe my concern with um, a species or a, a creature that mm-hmm. is fictional in that yeah. it's they're so you take that back wide of a brush that it can yeah. be like it, it's it's you can almost make anything a dragon you know my cat's a dragon yeah. my mm-hmm. my well, you and know, you got you got to uh, give them credit it's one of the few mythical species uh that's still pretty solid in the furry yeah. fandom well like i uh yeah. like i i'm on the opposite end of that because I adore the fact that dragons are such an open canvas and they can kind of be anything. Really? Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. So, I mean, I I have a Drake form that I'm still working on, like getting designed and things. But yeah, does it does it have the the rosettes, the spots, or the stripes? Uh, kind of, but they're they're essentially like um, slates of hard hard scales, like you know, diamond equivalent scales instead of just spots. They're they're like like extra scales i don't know i'm working on it but yeah well, that's fine but the way the scales overlapped i'm still waiting for someone to come up with like a tile checker pattern dragon oh gosh or just like like a like a chessboard or something a taxi <laughs> dragon yeah <laughs> it's beautiful Tharby dragons uh, on the science oh, matters podcast so, now. so so uh is there any other kind of uh giant creatures or, or tiny creatures in films that we haven't addressed that you want to address? Um, so what about films that take stuff that is normally huge and shrinks them? Because we haven't really, we, we looked at the opposite, like, you know, ants like and stuff. Like a tiny little huge. horse? Yeah, like a tiny horse or tiny elephant, um, tiny dragon, something. Because... 
I feel like there's movies out there that that kind of focus on having stuff fit in your pocket and things, you know? I can't uh, think yeah. about it. I, I can think of one thought that, uh, well, it's a book, unfortunately. Uh, the Discworld series, there's a re- passing reference at one point with the Time Monks about having bonsai mountains. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> like bonsai trees but bonsai little, mountains? Yeah, but it's a mountain. It's a little huh. tiny, you know, it looks like a flower pot with a rock in it. But no, actually, that's K2. Oh. He's just trimmed it really short. That's so you know? cute. Oh it God. is. It's a, That's so it's a really kind of weird, neat idea. But again, it's it's written. We're not talking yeah. TV series and stuff. Well, that makes me want to stomp out and go pick up my local mountain range and put it on my desk at work. So that's adorable. Yeah. Who has miniaturized things? Oh, wait. What was uh, yeah, miniaturized. One, of the, one of the Avengers or one of the uh, the, the superhero cartoons mm-hmm. that the prison was actually shrunk? Oh, yeah. We I didn't talk about uh, Ant-Man at all. I just realized that Ant-Man no. is, is completely... Oh, and the Let's movie. do it. Oh, yeah, and this is a relatively recent thing. Let's do it. Ant-Man. I, I like the fact that we've eliminated Godzilla and Pacific Rim, so for the first time ever, we're just talking uh, about uh, all of the shrinking like, films. What do we do? Yeah. What do we do? <laughs> well, Ant-Man and, Ant-Man and the Wasp had, had definitely some, some growth in it, too. Um, yep. Toward, you know, spoilers for a movie that came out last year, but... Gasp! Uh, towards, the, you know, towards the end, he was big enough to where he could hold a... Uh, ferry boat in his his hands. Oh, good. Oh, good. Grand. I love it. Wait, did you not see this, Kenson? No. Is this you said Ant Man or Ant Man and the Wasp? Ant Man and the Wasp. Last year. Yeah. Um. So you're gonna want to. Uh. You're gonna want to shrink me because I have not yet seen it. Uh, there's a lot of movies I've not seen. Yes, Hikari yes, and I yes. both need to. So. Did you see the original Ant Man? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, the original wow. Ant Man's good too, but it is mostly focused on shrinking, whereas it's. Mm-hmm. more the, the cool thing about ant-man and the wasp the new one is that they go back and forth so much because um, there was still a lot of shrinking but there was a lot of growth they they had this yep. giant uh, office building that uh they shrink down to be the size of like a roller case that they can take with them yep um and uh and then as they're driving towards one of the climatic scenes at the end uh they're they're trying to escape from the guys who are trying to get the the MacGuffin or whatever um mm-hmm. the, the, the thing that is trying the, the thing that controls the shrinking and growth um, and they are kind of popping as they dr- drive through traffic. Their car is suddenly shrinking down to kind of go underneath cars and then popping back up to yep. send a bad guy's vehicle flying off into the the distance. I um, love it. So it's, it's a real it's, creative uh, use of like the shrinking and growth while being in action, which is something I don't think you see a lot of. Um, oh yeah. In, in in other media in other films uh, yeah. before. Is it's just like the kinetic growth, I guess. And that's, that, yeah, that's actually you very rarely see that kind of engagement. Not even in Hulk films, for goodness sake, right, where yeah. you'd expect. Well, it. that's 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 kind of an idea that I um, not only adore and and, and want to see more of, but um, it's a really unique take on just combat because like size oh. shifting battles is really cool. Yeah. Oh wait, you get that one scene in the Hulk where he turns around and punches the incoming ship. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? what uh, which movie was that? That's the problem. Is there like eight, eight Hulk movies? Yeah, there's like eight adventure movies now. But going back, uh, I'll, I will fully admit I've not seen Ant Man or the follow-on Wasp. So yeah, yeah. maybe Kenson and I could take that as homework <laughs> and bring <laughs> that mean, up in right. the next podcast sure, as, yeah. a, as a part of the podcast. Heck you know? yeah. They're definitely both enjoyable it. movies. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen? Um, I, I, are you? Have you seen last year's Avengers movie? I'm so far behind on it's the superhero It's so good, films. Benny. Oh, okay. it's, well, it's, it's, if, if, if it's you, snowballed on me. If you, you need to see Ant-Man and the Wasp before you see Endgame. Endgame, the, the, okay. The, the one that's coming out at the end of this uh, okay. month. Oh, hey. Uh, 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 non-human growth. Does uh, Jekyll and Hyde count from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yes, actually. The supersized one? Yeah, okay. How big does he get? Like 12 feet or 10 feet? Uh, it's, or... No, no. There's... Is it the either the first one or the sequel, there's another guy that steals his formula or there's there a clone a of him. Oh. And it blows, he blows the entire thing at once. Are we talking about the Sean Connery film, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yeah. I think so. I think I'm talking about I the right film. I didn't uh, know there was a sequel. I you didn't know there was... there was a sequel either. Uh, I thought they were okay. planning on making it a franchise, but then the first one didn't really get received very well. All right. Me. Homework ep- number two. I got to go find what the heck that scene was and get back to you. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, volume two. It's a comic book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the original idea was was a comic book. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't so know. I guess I, 
I'm surprised you never see kinetic use of growth is like werewolf stuff. Yeah. You, you yeah. know, with the the force behind throwing a punch or throwing someone where you would use transformation while you do it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm amazed that no one has made a thing of that. But no, every film that comes out, we must have three werewolves run down the hallway with one on each wall, even mm-hmm. regardless of direction, and that's the scene. Well, like, if you, if you think about it, like, if you were to incorporate that in combat, you would be both untouchable and unstoppable. Are you describing a form of growth and shrink foo? Yes. <laughs> it's a... Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. And actually... Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, smash foo. Smash foo. I, I think we have to uh, have the next episode be, um, I don't know, like tabletop game related i don't know because i'm about to say something again that's what we already decided on kenson were you not paying attention to the chat okay i'm just making sure so there was a lot in the chat so noms actually and i um were talking a while ago he actually mentioned this idea to me and i want to shamelessly steal it so bad but i'm definitely gonna give him credit uh he wants to make a class and i do too in D called macromancer in the sense that <laughs> while you're playing the game uh, you're, oh. a, you're a wizard or a monk or something who has control over size. So you oh, start we, off we, with inanimate objects and then eventually you can buff your allies with like enlarge or shrink. And Oh, you you got to put a lid on this conversation because otherwise we'll start the next right. episode. And that's what I mean. Cause... We can go into the next one like that. But yeah, totally. I want to do Macromancer class. I want to make it so bad. So oh. while we're talking about that, let's go ahead and, uh, you know, you were talking about homework for... Uh, yourself and your Kenson, Benny, but yep. our listeners can also participate by writing us in uh, at yeah. size matters podcast at gmail.com or uh, tweeting at us at size matters cast. Is that what it is? Yes, let yes, us at hear size it. Matters cast, as I look at size it. matter podcast, I don't know. I have to go look. It's, uh, it's size, size matters, matters podcast at gmail.com is the email address. So, at size matters cast is mm-hmm. the Twitter account. Uh, ah. And you can either do DMs or public replies if you want there. Um, we do have some email from last week. Oh, before we, two weeks. before we get to that, uh, I would love to hear in the emails coming in for the next episode, because mm-hmm. then we can do all the content in one. Have you used growth shrinking in your role-playing games? Yes. Have you used them inventively? Yes. Are there ways you think it breaks the system where you can't use it or it's wrong Almost. to? Or how would you... How would you class it how would you make it work almost guaranteed to break it in some way but yeah the challenge is balancing it because i've I've looked into uh, it it's rough well uh, oddly we we can have some discussion depending on the game system you use sometimes it's built into it yeah and And so yeah definitely for next episode um okay but yeah totally let us guys let us hear it you guys because i'm I'm hyped for this and also if you have any kind of scenes or movies that uh that we didn't get into that you want to bring up uh, from, uh, from our topic from this episode, you can definitely do that uh, as well. We did have a few people write in last from last episode's topic. I keep on wanting to say last week, even though it wasn't last week. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is from uh, Gmo, uh, <laughs> at least according Jay-mo. to the subject line. I think Jay-mo. just letting us know that's how his name is pronounced with, it's, with a J. It's Zemo. It just says, just don't call me late for dinner. Oh, uh, okay. Aww. And then so we, it is Gmo. Gmo. Yes. Okay. Not Gemo. Not Because yes. he and, said it's and, soft, you uh, like genetically modified organism. Is well, what Ruth said, uh, also uh, emailed us in to uh, kind of collaborate or, or to uh, back that up, saying it's soft G as in Jiffy or Giraffe because GMO equals GMO equals genetically modified right. organism. Yep. And all such pronunciations start with a soft G. But then they also say same reason GIF is a hard G because G stands for graphics. graphics. Hard G, yep. Which is my reasoning mine too there's a lot of people out there who disagree with that so i have a completely odd don't stoke the fires i really do before jpeg got very popular there was a gif a jfif format i think i remember gif and gif were two different formats at the same time (laughs) and i will die on that (laughs) freaking hill oh my gosh (laughs) well you bring up jpeg jpeg if if we're going by that same logic, it really so, should be JFEG since the P in so JPEG guys, for, um, guys, photograph. It, if we're oh gonna God. have, if we're gonna have the battle of GIF, then it has to be a size shifting battle, and we will all uh, die. <laughs> there, there, yeah, there's no no resolution to this. It's 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 a 
gonna be a the never-ending battle of gif that needs to be a movie the battle uh, Ruth of also <laughs> wanted to write in and let us know though about some writings in fursuits uh the first one i know of is 1995 from kataru which was an artist and top oh, box yeah. a disney character actor and animator uh kataru was in a cat was in a cat kangaroo hybrid costume of her own making with enormous stompy paws i might add yes and top box was a blue and white fox they did the, the wedding kiss under a blanket oh wow all right, so if you have any uh, ideas or things that you wanted to let us know about, again, our email address is sizematterspodcast at gmail.com or send us those messages on Twitter at sizematterscast. Uh, and that brings us to our next and last segment of the show, yep. which we have decided to call... What did we decide on, Ben? Art Crush? Art Crush? Ah, oh, nah. I like Art Spotlight better. I mean, you That's can so call it centric. whatever you, you want. You don't always crush the things you love. Yes. Well, no, no. It's like like having a crush on the artist, you know? It's like a like a double, you know, double it's meaning. crush with you. Steve. It is. It really is. But yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, you have an art crush. Like, this is my art crush, your kind of thing. It's an idea. Art Spotlight, then, I guess, is what we'll call art it. Art crushes <laughs> sounds like a cereal. <laughs> or a soda. <laughs> I've got my... You guys are my crush. Art, I've got my art crush. Might not be to them, but you guys are my crush. All right, so who do you want to spotlight Benny? Oh, God, no. Oh, uh, no. Uh, Can we go first? Yes. Uh, I, I, I was going to ask, actually, has anyone ever spotlighted Teaselbun? I think he has. Teaselbun? Hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I didn't hear you. I didn't know. hear you respond, Quandra, did you? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember any of the ones we spotlighted before last week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I'm going oh to spotlight Teaselbone because he, I guess people may know of him already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he is one of the guys out there that he will do series and do them well, mm-hmm. uh, which is sometimes really hard. If you, uh, He did a, a, a growth series for me, and he did a great job uh, and some other stuff like that. And he just – every interaction I've ever had with him where I've commissioned art or I've seen art out of him – it's been wonderful. He does pause good. He does perspective good. Yeah. It's just, and I think he's actually living by the pencil right now. I think that's his main income is doing art, mm-hmm. and, and so uh, definitely worth spending some time to throw stuff his way. He is a sweetheart. Love yeah, you, and I think he's Teaselbone in everything because it's uh-huh. one of those names that isn't taken. So FA blah 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 wherever. Yep, yep. He's also very prolific. Um, he's able to uh, when he opens up get you know. Uh, a lot of art done in a oh yeah a lot of good art done in a relatively short amount of time he's stupid yeah. quick and i envy his skills and his speed yeah actually i have a i've have a really old badge he drew me i think it's like anthrocon 97 it's like one of my oldest badges and i occasionally post it and i'll get a back channel message over it's like i hate that you know because it's this really mm-hmm. old old art uh but yeah uh he's he's good yes he is all right so uh, that was teaselbone and Benny giving him a shout-out. What about you, Kenson? Who is your artist spotlight? Well, so for my art crush, no, uh, artist <laughs> spotlight, is it's going to be Six Sides, or Essex. He goes by on Twitter. Uh, he is a wonderful digital artist um, who has oh, yeah. been doing a lot of art um, over the past year or two. I've gotten to know him uh, recently, he and I talk kind of, you know, regularly. He's such a sweetheart. And he's that type of guy that just you throw him an idea and, you know, you, just, you can just talk about anything macro micro related. He loves kaijus. He loves dragons and all that stuff. Um, but he draws everything in between. And he's got stupid fast turnaround. He's so good. He draws on his phone, too. Like, he has a, uh, like a, a galaxy note or something that he uses i can't remember but he draws on his phone and the the quality is so good so um it's on fa it's six sides spelled s-i-x-s-y-d-e-s so for affinity.net slash users slash six sides and then on twitter i believe he is uh yeah he's also six sides on twitter so but yeah give him some love because he deserves it he's such a sweetheart all right, and then for the spotlight for my uh, uh, for who I want to spotlight, I am going to go with an artist I had apparently I guess watched on FA a while ago, but had kind of forgotten about, and then just came across 
uh, piece of art from them this morning uh, on Twitter. And that is Ryulabo, R-Y-U-L-A-B-O on Twitter, or on uh, F-A, they're, they're Sunico, S-O-O-N-I-C-O. Um, and they, oh, wow. yeah, they do a lot of uh, muscle and macro art. I think the big thing that caught my attention this morning was the uh, baseball, uh, the sat. Saitamaya Cebu lion, the, 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 the famous white dancing, white lion dancing oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Japanese mascot. I think Japanese might be Taiwanese. Um, that, not, that seems like a Japanese name. Anywho, um, that they did a, a fan art of and then I did one where he's kind of uh, in the middle of a stadium with like a, a, a baseball field just underneath the shadow of his bulge. Um, but <laughs> nice. he does, they, they I do. Think I guess I saw that. What? I think I saw that. Yeah. Um, it's the first thing on their Twitter account right now because it was just from oh, I maybe, see. You know, a few yep, hours I'm ago. I'm following him now. Yep. Uh, I'm assuming it's a him. I, I, I should say they because I actually am not True. sure if it's a he True. or she. Um, but they are a Malaysian artist and uh, they have been doing work for a while. It looks like their F- FA page actually has not been super up to date, kind of like mine is because I'm not really posted anything. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> yeah. But they are uh, they're still active on Twitter. Um so I think if you follow them either follow them either uh, place, then you'll be able to see their good mu- muscle work. They're good, really good feline characters. Oh good yeah, contrast feline characters too. You know, I think uh, characters and I, I think I'm going to uh, rely on you, Ryulabo or uh, Sunako, for some muscle references because your stuff is pretty gorgeous. Yeah, love it. Very much so. So that was who I wanted to shout out to, or spotlight, I guess. Art crush. The name right. And that brings us to the end of the show. Woo! So, I like mean, no! Woot! No! Just has to leave. He's so excited about no, the show. No, I don't! No, I don't! I'm just I, glad that we're doing it. To, to roll back a little bit on the films, I got a question for you guys. Did either of you see, um, oh, what was the recent film about flipping back to the 80s where they're doing the egg hunting, the Easter egg hunting in the virtual universe? Oh, uh, Ready Player One? Yeah, Ready Player One. Did either of you guys see that? Um, not all the way through, but are you... Okay, see, I read the book, and there's a funny thing yeah, where they're talking I don't, about this... I, I tend to try to avoid Mormon propaganda, but... Sorry. Yeah, I, I get you. But there's a wonderful <laughs> there's a wonderful line in there where he's talking about, oh, we have this virtual universe. Wait, well, but... And the one thing you can change okay. on... You can change anything you want on your character, but you can't change the height. Because Ugh. what would it be like if a 50-foot character walked into the bar? I mean, I think it would be pretty great, personally. And I'm like... <laughs> Have you ever been online? <laughs> have you have you ever heard of this this slice of the internet that we all cram into? Yeah, no kid. Come on. So so there's me sidetracking the very end of the show. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. Okay. So and now we've come to the end of the show. Yeah. Next Woo! time. Next Yay. time it's going to be um, uh, role playing games, board games, right? Tab- tabletop games. Tabletop so role playing board, anything that involves physical moving around of things or deliver to us paper. your mechanics and your ideas for so size we will be back in a couple of weeks to discuss that in the okay. meantime i want to thank uh my co-hosts benny and kenson hello hello no, roar. See, okay, whatever. this isn't <laughs> the beginning goodbye. of the podcast thanks to fox and pepper for yes the, uh, thanks to foxes and peppers yes. i think i said fox and pepper last week or last episode and it's fox foxes and peppers, and peppers. Um, well, yeah, the uh, the Twitter is foxes and peppers, but right. it is fox. Thank and you, pepper, uh, the okay. Guy. Thank you, Foxy Peppers, for uh, <laughs> for the song. <laughs> Check out their album "Spread Thy Wings" on yes. pretty much everything. I found them on Apple Music. I'm, I think they're on uh, uh, SoundCloud and Bandcamp, and maybe not all those. You said they were on Bandcamp, is that right? Someone's they're on Bandcamp and SoundCloud, both. I think. I can't wait for probably the on Spotify too. I'm guessing if they're on Apple Music, it would make yeah. sense that they're on Spotify. But I'm not 100 percent sure because I don't use Spotify. Um, I can't. Uh, and yeah, I so want to thank them, and then also uh, thanks to Kratos, who is doing our new uh, yes uh, podcast cover art. Yes, should be finished before the time this podcast Ooh. goes up. I hope. So looking <laughs> yes, forward to thank it. you, thank you. Oh yes, Kratos, um, you're the best. Seriously. And until next week, Kenson. Good night and big paws. I met two weeks from now, not next week. I've given you sunlight. <laughs> I've given you rain. Looks like you're not happy. Unless I open a vein. I'll give you a few drops. 
if that'll appease. Oh, please.